movies in 4K. Welcome to episode number 16. I am Bill Shetty. And I am Lady Phantom. And guess what, Phantom? What? We're not wasting any time this episode. You want to know why? Why? We have two special guests this week. Yes. Wow. One comebacker, (laughs) (laughs) as I like to call it. I like that. And one for his first time. So let's get this rolling. From Considering the Cinema and Horror Movie Weekly, the unflappable and unwavering critic, our good buddy, Jay of the Dead. Hey guys, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We are excited because you pretty much invited yourself onto this episode. <laughs> yeah, but you you need to remember uncontainable. He's also uncontainable. That's true. Yeah. And he but, likes but, movies with kids in peril. I know. And this movie has it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. And and you know what? In my defense, though, Bill Shetty, tell him why I invited myself, because there was a very important reason. Well, I wanted you to say that, because this was a discussion on Horror Movie Weekly, and it's funny, it came back to like a tusk. You know how tusk got made? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. There was discussion yeah, that, on a podcast, oh, yeah. and... <laughs> similarities jay so how did this begin and let the fans know out there well as i recall it so our dear mutual friend lady phantom here i would say her favorite genre of movies is fantasy is that correct phantom that is yeah that is correct that's right so during one of our discussions i learned to my horror that lady phantom had never seen the Wizard of Oz. I ever. know. Not complete. I hadn't. <laughs> so, and she had a disdain for watching this movie. And I'm still curious to find out because we haven't talked about <laughs> this. We've seen it yesterday. So it blew me away why she never wanted to watch this movie as you, Jay. Yeah. And so I just said, Bill Shetty, I'll tell you what, because we have this thing on both of our podcasts where if somebody picks a movie, you basically have to watch it. And I'm like, hey. If you ever have me on, I'll pick The Wizard of Oz so we can make her watch it. So that's how it came to be. Yes, and that was happy for me too, Jay, because I had been wanting her to see it because I'm not a fantasy person myself, but this is classic to us. This was on the TV all the time growing up, and it is the creme de la creme in fantasy movies in my mind. I'm sure that's not going to be Lady Phantoms, but we'll have to get to that. But is it in your mind, Jay, is this like, the top notch, the masterpiece in fantasy. Yeah, I think it is um, probably. I mean, if you if you go back, if you want to be like a film history nerd, uh, you could look at George Melee, like A Trip to the Moon. I mean, that is a significant historical fantasy film. But in terms of a fantasy film that hit it out of the park and has had longevity over the past, like, well, eighty-one years. Year, yeah, yeah, eighty years. Um, this one has to be the the most prominent. I, I believe I read somewhere, in fact, this is, of all the films, this is supposedly the film that has been viewed most by people because they played it so much on TV every single year for many, many decades, I think. Yes, and with all the releases of VHS and DVD and everything, Laserdisc, it was out on everything. 
And what was funny on that show, Jay, is you were like, is that on 4K? And I had just researched it for some reason, and there was this 80th anniversary 4K release. So Jay was like, we got to do it. So here we are. So thanks for joining us, Jay. Thank you. All right. Let's get into our next guest. Back for a second go around, the intelligent and stern co-host of the seven-year-long running movie podcast weekly, Mr. Carl Huddleston. Howdy. Carl, it's great to get you back. You opened our eyes to 2001, A Space Odyssey, what could be achieved on the 4K format, and we're still blown away by that disc, And Carl. grateful. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, that, that's it, a must-have. Yeah, it's probably one of the ones that the Phantom and I have said, God, I'm so glad we have this disc. It was so worth the $25 with the extra yes. features and the booklet you get. But I have a complaint, Carl. Your pick <laughs> spoiled us for a lot of movies. <laughs> that is true. We've I mean, only got on. one above that so far. Lucy, yes. this is the 16th episode. And I would say outside of Lucy, we haven't even touched the level of that. Now, 1917 was ultimately clear and great, but we had a few little problems with that. But that 2001, man, that spoiled us yeah, the, big time. Yes, it spoiled us for many, many, many movies and probably to come. And you know as what well. spoiled us more, Phantom? What? It's because that's a 50-year-old movie. And yes. recently oh, we've yeah. been watching a lot more 80s and 90s movies and trying to compare them to 2001 yeah. and they're failing epically. That's why... <laughs> It spoiled us because when it's not just a movie that was done whatever many years ago, it is a very old movie and look at the quality. So I'm sorry, but the others have big shoes to fill. That's it. Now, Carl, I know you had stated this first, but we had some problem with the audio in the first 15 minutes. But can you make your case again for why 4K is so valuable for people listening out there? I mean, the easiest way to describe it is, you know, with Blu-ray and HD, you're getting fixed 2 million pixels, no matter how big your screen is or how small. And with 4K, you're getting fixed 8 million pixels, no matter how big or how small your screen is. So, and then the, you add in the uh, high dynamic range, the color depth and the, the higher bit rate. And uh, I, was, I was demoing some stuff for Jay last night. I showed him, I compared Blu-ray to 4K back and forth on my TV with uh, two movies. One was Coco, Ooh. and uh, the other one was Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, all right. And, That's uh, awesome. You, we do have, have Coco. Have you seen those? We have Coco. But wait a minute. Is Fury Road out on 4K? It is, yeah. It is? I thought it was only Blu-ray. Okay. Yeah, and it looks amazing. All right. Now, Jay, do you want to get into this now before we get into the show, or do you want to wait for the grading? I think it'd be a good time to get to now so we can spend sure. some more time with you. So uh, Jay yeah. is a man that does not have 4K in his house. Mm -hmm. um, when is the first time you ever seen a 4K movie or presentation, Jay? Yesterday at Carl's house. That was <laughs> your first time? You never walked into Best Buy and seen it or anything? No, I don't like Best Buy. 
Why is that? <laughs> this could be a side topic. Is there a reason? I don't know. They just bug me. They charge too much for their movies. That's what I think. Okay, so since this is your first experience, let's take Coco because the Phantom and I have seen that one too. Mm -hmm. What would you say was the difference between the Blu-ray and the 4K, and did it impress you? Well, thanks for asking. And I'll just tell your listeners, I have always been a skeptic. I've been very skeptical. I've podcasted with Carl for many years, and he would always tell me about you know, how much more amazing Blu-ray was. And then Carl gave me my first Blu-ray player. And then that one died because it was a little bit older. So then he bought me a new Blu-ray player. <laughs> Carl's a very good friend. Jeez, Carl. Yeah, oh, he's he, dedicated. Uh, yes. I love Carl. He's very good. Friend, at friends don't let friends watch low def. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, Jay so why do you let him watch stuff in his laptop? Well, uh, exactly. Uh, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, before you get off into this, Jay, Mac mm -hmm. and I and Phantom had a conversation off air, and we were like talking about, why don't Jay just get like a 30-inch 4K while he's sitting there at home doing his work instead of watching it on a laptop, and we were thinking about ways to get you to buy that 30-inch 4K TV. <laughs> well, well, I tell you, this honestly, if it weren't for yesterday with Carl, he, he did an intervention of sorts because... To tell you the truth, I've been going the other way. I've been spending more time on my 20-inch TV watching VHSs on a VCR <laughs> because I've been feeling very nostalgic lately. So I've been watching VHS movies. Oh, but my God. I, for considering the cinema. Well, it's really fun to do that. But anyways, so Carl has always told me, yeah, it's so much more impressive. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't even think my eye could perceive it. So in answer to your question, Coco, he showed me the Blu-ray, showed me the 4K, and honestly, I was astounded. <laughs> you really can perceive the difference because the colors, um, when you compare, he showed me 4K first. And then when we went back to Blu-ray, it was so much more muted. Yes. Like the colors weren't as vibrant. And right. I was shocked, absolutely shocked by that. And yeah, even, and I was always skeptical about how much definition you could see. It's like, what, I'm watching... I'm watching a DVD. I can see everything just fine. But no, you can actually see like, as you guys have said, like the hair, like on on his hair, you could see all the little individual hairs and the follicles and everything. And I'm like, this is insane. So it is significantly different. I was wrong. Carl was right. And um, <laughs> I'm I'm converted. Awesome, man. Yeah, when you go back after seeing 4K, it's almost like there's a piece of plexiglass in front of it when you see a really well-done 4K disc. It's just got like a haze yeah. feeling. And Blu-rays can look amazing, too. And, Carl, you know this. When you up-convert a Blu-ray, some of them look incredible. Yeah, that's true. So you are a convert. Are you going to be splurging anytime soon mr nah, piles I don't think yes so. i i want to i need <laughs> to uh persuade my uh sweetheart on that but but let me just i i do have a question for you uh 4k wizards on here um <laughs> what uh, this even happened last night with carl so it's not to uh besmirch carl or anything but but i feel like there's part of me that feels like if you don't have a side by side comparison you wouldn't necessarily know what you were missing. So in terms of, am I missing stuff? I know now 
that it could be so much better with 4K. But at the same time, if I'm watching a Blu-ray and nobody's showing me the 4K beside it, then I don't even know how much I'm missing. I can't perceive that, I will say. But you do know now you can see the <laughs> richness in colors of what it should look like, basically, or could you, look like. You've been baptized, Jay, so you can't deny the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's it's true, yeah. So I know it intellectually. And this that, is that, a bane of contention in this field, Jay, is that Blu-ray and DVDs are good enough. They're mm -hmm. colorful enough. They look crystal clear. But when you go that extra step and see what you're missing, that's what really affects us cinephiles and people that enjoy watching it in the highest resolution possible. And I would never go back. Like... I don't want to go back. I mean, we get some of these Blu-rays out and DVDs. It's just like, oh, no. It's like, I want to yeah, see the 4K. Because, I mean, I get what you're saying, you know, but I remember when we did exactly that with Lucy, we didn't go to the Blu-ray. We just muted the, the HDR. Yeah, we just to turned off scenes. HDR. We turned it off oh and on. And, and no, it's just like, it's stupid to watch it any other way. And I'll tell you, and let me know if you felt this, Carl, is some of these movies, you know you've watched them before, but you're getting a new experience, and it's like you're experiencing them again all over, and it feels so exciting to us here. Do you have that experience, Carl? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like listening to your favorite piece of music on a super high-end stereo you good. suddenly start hearing things you have never heard good analogy yes get off those earbuds and mp3s and go back to what it sounded like i i have that experience with music yes a lot it's fun so anything else jay that you want to get out here well i just had one quick question about this so do you feel like it's problematic on some level though that um like for example for me my all-time favorite films the village and it they only have the the DVD version. So now there's a little bit of sadness to me that I don't have that on 4K or Blu-ray. And so do you guys ever pine or lament for all the movies that you love that you don't have in 4K? So is it, it it's like, is it better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all? Because like, you know what you're missing. And so are you sad about all these movies that you can't watch on this level? Yeah, I mean, there are some of some of my favorite movies will probably even never to make it to Blu-ray, but like I'm still shocked. I think I mentioned this last time that The Abyss is not on Blu-ray. How how is that pot? And so, and I can't even imagine how that would look on 4K. And you're saying The Village isn't even out on Blu-ray? Right. It's not. It's a yeah, I actually looked that up, Jay, because I wanted to buy the movie because it's your favorite and I can't get it on Blu-ray and we don't buy DVDs anymore. Yeah, I told M. Night Shyamalan. I tweeted at him. We need this. So. Yeah, that's crazy. But absolutely. Go on, fam. Yeah, only one thing. Yes, I get what you're saying, definitely. Like, sometimes you are like, oh, man, why is this movie, whatever, whatever, not on 4K yet. I like to say yet, you know. But then again, it depends on the movie. If I remember The Village well enough, it's not like it's really colorful or anything like that. So the 4K, like, I really don't think, well, it would do Wait. something for it. Absolutely. I mean, it would look better. Don't get me wrong. It would definitely look better. But some movies really 
are just not worth the 4K. That is definitely true, and that's what we're trying to cover here and let the fans know which ones are worth it really shine. Any 4K is going to be crystal, not crystal, but more clear than the Blu-ray or DVD, no doubt. But how substantial that is and how well that was produced and upconverted makes a huge difference, Jay. And some of them, frankly, aren't worth it. I've held out on getting Scarface because I've heard bad reviews all over the internet about the 4K because the Blu-ray wasn't even produced that well, in my opinion, when that came out. That's got a lot of grain. So I have not even purchased that. I don't know if I ever will, and that's one of my favorite movies ever. So, Well, let me just say one thing about the uh, 4K of The Village that was filmed on 35 millimeter by Roger Deakins. And I just think there should be a rule that every single film that Roger Deakins ever shot as the cinematographer should be on 4K, period, because he's he's the greatest of all time, in my opinion. So so that film is going to look incredible on 4K. Well, probably it'll come with this downtime. They're actually converting a lot more of yeah. these movies recently, so just got to give it time all right you guys ready to get to this review mm-hmm. let's yep. do it we're off to see the wizard the wonderful wizard of oz we hear he is the wizard of wiz if ever a wiz there was if ever oh ever a wiz there was the wizard of oz is one because 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 of the wonderful things he does we're off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Nineteen thirty-nine, eighty-one years ago, this movie came out. This is, I would assume, the oldest four K disc out there. It's funny because Carl and I talked about this and Phantom on the last show, and we were talking about what was our oldest one, and I think it was <laughs> two thousand and one. Now, there was a lot of releases, Carl, since then. There was that big box set that, um, was it Fox or Universal put out? A lot of these old black and white films, but this one goes way back. It is listed as adventure, family, fantasy, and musical. And just anybody jump in if you want to change a genre there, add one or delete one. I am cool with all four of them. Yep. Me too. Mm -hmm. Yep. No argument, Jay? No, well, there is a child in peril, but yes. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think Toto was more in peril in this Yeah, movie. it was a dog in peril. There you go. All right, Lady Phantom, who directed this? This was directed by Victor Fleming and George Cukor, but he went uncredited. Yes, apparently. and the stars, the four main stars, I'd say maybe five, or who? Judy Garland. Frank Morgan, Ray Bolger, Bert Lahr, Jack Haley, Billy Burke, and Margaret Hamilton. All right. What's that synopsis say on IMDb? Dorothy Gale is swept away from a farm in Kansas to a magical land of Oz in a tornado and embarks on a quest with her new friends to see the wizard who can help her return home to Kansas and help her friends as well. That is a really good one sentence synopsis. Yeah. Yeah, it is. One of the best yeah. we've had so far on here. No spoilers. Exactly. And it's yeah. really concise to the point and is exactly what it's about. Now, it doesn't say 
what it's involved, which is good. Do you want to add anything to that, Phantom? Not really. Okay, so let's start right up front. So curious with like, Phantom. He has this smirk. I'm I'm actually when I just played the song, I'm actually singing it to myself like it's so yeah, enjoyable and to hand. me. And she's like got this frown spoiler look on her face for some reason. She's like a grouch and <laughs> I just want to know, Phantom, you are the king of fantasy in Queen. my mind. Okay. Queen. Queen of <laughs> fantasy. Good point. What's your overall thoughts now that you've seen it from start to finish? I really don't know. I think it's a very good movie. Nobody can take that away. Of course, everybody, well, not everybody, but there is really problematic history behind the movie, but that doesn't matter to judge the movie in itself. And it is a feat. I mean, we are talking about 1939 and the things that they pulled off are good. I mean, they are not incredible, but they are good. You know, they did stuff that I don't think people thought it was possible. And uh, it is a good movie. I but cannot say anything about that. Is this rising up your list of no. one of the best fantasy? Well, no. why? I want to know. I, I had this idea of what this movie was going to be before watching it. And after watching it, it's pretty much just a confirmation of what I thought it would be. I mean, it's not like I was imagining it was going to be worse or anything. I was just like, I'm not interested because I think it's going to be this kind of movie. It was a little better than that, but not much. Okay. It shocks me. I don't know if this is a love affair to us here. I mean, we grew up with this movie. The things that you grew up with this. And I mean, if you, when you grow up with something and they show it on TV every weekend and everything, you have to love it. I mean, because you grew up with it. No, I don't like Snow White. I don't like Cinderella. I don't like that stuff at all. But that stuff is cartoony. So to you, that makes a whole difference. To you specifically. So you wanted to see the trees digital like in Lord of the no, Rings. No, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> then and the I did love that. I, I did like those trees. They were funny. <laughs> they were absolutely funny. But no, of course not. Because we are talking about a very different time. Like they wouldn't have had that kind of tree anyway. Yeah, I mean, to you, you cannot comment on cartoons like uh, Snow White. And full disclosure, I hate Snow White or Cinderella, or something like that. Because just the fact that they are cartoons to you... But that's just me. Exactly. We're I'm talking, talking about you. Jay and Carl also here, which I'm sure they like those. Do you guys? Yes. Snow White? You're asking if we like uh-huh. Snow White? Yeah. Snow White and Cinderella and of all that. Yeah, Snow White, the very first uh, feature-length animated film. That's incredible. Yeah, I hate it with a passion, actually. But, uh. like, yeah. Oh, and by the way, funny thing, like, here there's a, a line that is said by by the woman that gave the voice to Snow White, but I don't remember the line. And, uh, and well, my favorite of that time is Sleeping Beauty, but that's completely, like, not important right now. It's just... Man, I, I don't even know. I think she thought it was silly. I really get this appeal. She was criticizing this movie from the second. I was it not started. criticizing yes, she it. Was. Let me say a line. Okay, this opens up in a sepia tone, not black and white, for the first mm-hmm. 20 minutes with Dorothy and her aunt. And she's complaining about the neighbor and the dog because 
the dog is getting in trouble over at the neighbors. The neighbors hate the dog, basically. But they're in this little farmland, and she ends up falling in a pig pen. And when she gets up, Phantom's like, oh, my God, I don't see any dirt on her. And I'm like, are you criticizing this movie already? I mean, she falls, you know, and then she gets up, and I'm like, what, you're not even dirty? She's I mean, already criticizing this, Jay and Carl. Like, but she's got I such disdain. I would criticize that in any movie. Why should this movie be any different? But you're rolling your eyes because this is a fun family movie. This is such a wholesome movie. Children I feel. get dirty in fantasy yeah, movies when they fall in a pig pen. Why should I not pay attention to that in a movie like this? Phantom, why do you hate children? I don't hate children. <laughs> exactly. So let's get into the story a little more. So this Mitch's, Mrs. Gouch, was that her name? Gouch? Gulch. Then, Gulch. Okay, Gulch. Comes over and has, <laughs> I guess, a note from the mayor or the chief that she's taken the dog and basically wants to put it down. Dorothy's got crying and trying to say, Annie and Uncle... Don't let this happen. But anyway, she takes the dog. The dog escapes out of the basket. And this is the part where she sings the song that's so iconic, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And she wants to escape her life, basically. Like, she's sad that this type of things is happening. So, a tornado comes. What did you think about the effects there, Phantom? I like them. You, Jay, and Carl? What do you think of the effects for 39 there? The effects on this are very impressive. I was telling Carl last night, I cannot believe how well that tornado looks. I mean, it it looks, honestly, and I'm not exaggerating, if they did a scene like this, a sequence in today's modern cinema and sepia tone, as you said, I'm glad you pointed that out. I think it would be absolutely equivalent it would look the same i don't i don't know that they could do a better job of how real that tornado looks right it's funny because out the window you see we got cows the classic line from oh uh, that was funny yeah (laughs) from um what's that movie with a bill paxton yeah Mm -hmm. twister twister Twister. yes we got cows going by (laughs) it's so (laughs) funny i thought i actually said it out loud watching this (laughs) carl what did you think about the effects in the opening scene there I thought, you know, for 1939, that that tornado was impressive. And that's why I was kind of joking about the dog, because they had a serious fan going, and that dog's, you know, holding his line. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And when the windows come out and everything, you could see there was a little stutter or something, but it was done well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I believe the window hits her in the head. Yes. Yes. And what was interesting to me was the sound here like i heard the bass kick with this tornado going on like you've never heard this before i mean i don't know how many times i've seen this on tv bits and pieces usually back in black and white in the 70s the whole movie and you didn't have good sound you had a tiny little speaker so the sound was pretty impressive on this disc not to get ahead of myself what did you think phantom i thought it was fine yeah, I, I I like that scene because, I mean, of course, I have to see it from the, the eyes of someone who would have seen it for the first time back then, you know. And, it, yeah, I mean, they are funny effects and they are good. Okay, so this house comes down from the tornado. It's twisting in the tornado 
comes down and lands in Oz. On a witch. <laughs> On a witch. <laughs> There's two witches in this magical kingdom. <laughs> well, there should be four, actually. Two bad witches. Then, uh-huh. that and way. two good. Yeah. And they land in Munchkin land with all these little guys. Yeah. They're all happy that she killed the witch. Yeah. The wicked witch of the East. Yes. Is dead. So what did you think there, Phantom, once we get about into what? the fantasy? Once we get to the fantasy. Now we're in the fantasy land. Yeah, but what, about what? What do I think about what? The scenery, the filming, the characters, the set designs. Okay. I want to talk about all that. The first thing I think that jumped at me was that, of course, all the colors, like super colorful, like beautiful looking. Obviously, there is a little grain, but it's perfectly expected because hello. The scenery is funny because you do, I mean, it's really obvious that the plants are plastic, but it's fine. It's really obvious that the backgrounds are drawings, but it's also fine because that's part of the magic of this movie. Like it doesn't have any intention of taking itself more seriously than it should. So it looks fake and it's perfectly fine. But wouldn't it be fake in a magical land? Not necessarily. But I mean, if here it is and here, but we, you're this is what we are judging. Though, so. Because it jumped out at me that it was obvious that the backgrounds were painted. I mean, it, it, they look just like a background in an old Disney movie. Now, do you think that was apparent on the older versions, Carl and Jay? I don't. I, I don't, don't think remember it would picking be. it out. But Jay, do you have a analysis on that? Yeah, I mean, when I watched this as an adult, because I got the DVD of this movie for my kids when they were littler, and we watched it several times, like a few years ago. And yeah, I did notice the matte, but I think the matte paintings and things. That just comes as a result of me being like a film person now and looking at films more critically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I seriously wonder if anybody back in the day, if they were just a casual viewer, I don't know that they would necessarily realize those are matte paintings. Well, yeah, I, I don't think, think so. Well, I think me and Carl can answer that because I never noticed that before. I'm sure, Carl, you've seen this in black and white on a black and white TV several times, correct? Yeah, and it, um, that's what, I, what I, my thought was. Would people, when it first came out in 1939, would they have noticed it in the theater? And probably not. No, I doubt it. But, I really I mean, doubt the, it. Uh, the 4K definitely brings to light that it is clearly a mat. Right. Yes, when you got that crystal clear because you can see something's off and you can see they're only walking in a certain spot yeah. and things like but that. But yeah. going back to the actual movie, oh my gosh, those munchkins were unbearable. their voices their singing their behavior and don't even get me started on the witch of the north she was annoying really heck well i think she's meant to be yes i don't know if she's meant to be or not but she's super annoying Really? Linda, I didn't yes. find that at all. I thought she was so cute. <laughs> oh, God, no, no. Did that bother you, Jay? Of course no. not. No, Glenda's like my grandma. Yeah, she's so nice and kind <laughs> and genteel. She came out to me as fake. Her acting is what her, you're saying. Her singing bothered me. It's just too much oh, vibrato. She, said but, she uh, was terrible at singing. <laughs> you hear it, guys? We can see <laughs> no, where she's and let going. Me, and let me get this out of the way right now. 
Of course. I mean, I like the oh, the Somewhere Over the Rainbow song. I mean, it's a classic song. And of course, I also grew up hearing it because, I mean, it is internationally known and I grew up on it. I don't like it, but it's a good song. The the We're Off to See the Wizard thing, that's also like, I've known it forever. I had never heard the rest of the music and the only one I like is the parts that the Tin Man sings. The The rest of the music, and I love musicals. So, I mean, I suppose people know that. I don't know, but I love musicals. This one, I didn't like. Wow. That's just so shocking to me. Did you guys, did the music bother you at all? I'm not a musical fan in no way. And I will say... This is the only criticism I really have of this film is the Munchkins. I did not like the chip monkey type music <laughs> because those Munchkins were not singing. They were all overdubs, just to let you people know. Yeah, only two or three of yes. them sing, actually. And a little tip on that is all those little people got paid, I think it was $50 a week for six days, and the dog actually made more than all the little people, $125 <laughs> a week. Yeah, and another fun fact that I actually really appreciate, many of them were actually Jewish little people that escaped out of Germany just in time. Well, that's good. That it is. Good point. All right, so what happens is the witch appears. Which one? There's only one left because she killed the one. The munchkins are all happy. Well, there's the 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 good one and the bad one. Yes, the, the good witch appears first. Okay. Gives her her shoes, a cool little effect. Mm-hmm. The other witch appears and says, you're going to get her, my pretty. Did you like my pretty? My pretty. Yeah, it was fine. She's in disgust over here, guys. No, I- I'm not. I I mean, I. she was, up, of course, overacting, but that's fine because she was playing a bad <laughs> witch for children. You think to, she to- was overacting? Yeah. No. Just no wait, way. wait. Just as people overact in the theater sometimes to make their point across. I mean, we also have to think about at this time, most of these people in all of the movies in the 30s, in the 40s, basically they were people that were acting just or very close to the way they would act in the theater. So many times when they are in the theater, actors overact just so the public will get what they're saying and their intention and we everything. We know this, Phantom, but she was not doing that, in my opinion. In my opinion, opinion, she was. Just the way she would overact in the theater in, an, in, a, in a play for children. Just like that. But it's fine because it fits the time of the movie. And if you're meant to scare children, you cannot be nuanced. You have to be the evil witch of the West. So that's fine. I'm not criticizing it. Okay. So let's jump ahead to this story. We're taking a long time in this opening, which is fine. (laughs) But we got to keep this around an hour, guys. So anyway, the witch disappears. I'm going to get you. She's got her little red shoes on. And she wants to get out of there. She wants to get back. So the witch, the good witch, tells her to follow the yellow brick road and to find the Wizard of Oz. So that's what she does. And then she comes across three characters. (laughs) And I don't want to go in any further, like, what happens with them. But I want 
each person's favorite character of the lion, the tin man, or the scarecrow. I'll start. I think the scarecrow was unbelievable. Like his acting and the way he's always like tripping his and physical falling. comedy yeah his physical comedy good way to put it was amazing to me his facial reactions his falling all the time some of his lines i think he had some of the best funny lines especially when he gets all broken apart by these little monkey things and <laughs> he has to be put back together i thought he was amazing i liked all three of them but he was the standout to me okay how about you carl same. He's he's clearly got the biggest uh, chunk of the performance, and he he delivers hundred percent. Yeah, all the way through too. Like, yep. He, he's got some cool things yeah, he mean, does. He's got he's got Charlie Chaplin level physical comedy. Yes. Mm, yeah. Good and, point. And his acting is superb. He yeah uh, he he brought it. Yeah, I believed him. Just how he was like wobbling down the yellow brick road. Like every so often he'd have those lumbering steps. Like it was yeah. so cool. I thought it was amazing. All right, Jay, who's your favorite character? Well, my favorite has always been the Tin Man. And by the way, Jack Haley, who plays him, he's a very handsome man. He's got incredible eyes. But um, I'm, I'm just saying wow. he looks really good in that. <laughs> Where'd that I'm just come thinking, from? <laughs> he looks good in that silver He's makeup, Robert Redford I, of the air? of the of the era yes but but yeah and the two other just things i'll observe is that obviously i think everybody agrees the cowardly lion is hilarious i love that performance and then scarecrow what i love about him that i picked up probably for the first time ever in my life this time was that he actually hatches all the plans he's extremely intelligent yeah and he doesn't have a brain yeah, and I think that's super cool that he's always had it. You it's know, so always. funny. Yeah, but I mean, that comes no, into I play. Know, in it's, the end. I know it's on purpose. I know it's on purpose because, like, he thinks he doesn't have a brain, but mm-hmm. from the very start, he proves to be the most intelligent one of all of them. Mm-hmm. Like he's the one that says, "Okay, wait." Like even beginning with the apples, that's the first time the we see it. How when yeah. he he hatches quickly a plan. So the trees give them the apples because mm-hmm. the trees don't want to give them up. So he says, okay, no, wait, wait, wait. And the, and, and of course the trees uh, end up throwing them the apples. So he, they get what they want. Yeah, I, I, I really like that guy. And uh, especially the pattern, you know, the, of his costume on his forehead. I know it left like the, this pattern on, on the actual actor's forehead for months but the point was that it looked amazing. It looked great, like a like a hay sack mm-hmm. thing. It was so good. And who was your favorite, Phantom? The Tin Man. So you're with Jay, huh? Yeah, like the guy was hilarious. Like very subdued, but hilarious. Like that moment when precisely the, the one that you mentioned with the scarecrow, he says like the very offhandedly, look, and now you're all over the place. Oh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I found that. Absolutely hilarious. And the, it's hard. It's hard to choose because also the lion, he's really funny. Like the way he wants to be better and the faces he makes, it's very funny. But then the scarecrow, yeah, he's very nimble. Like he, he's yes. really good. So, okay. Yeah. So let me jump this up really fast. So they have to get to the Wizard of Oz. One needs a heart, one needs courage, blah, blah, blah. She wants to get back home. The witch is constantly after them. 
they find Emerald City and get to Oz. And I just got to say this one thing. Well, they have an adventure they have to do. They have to get the witch's broom for their wishes to be granted. But when it comes to the end guy, the Oz guy is this hologram type image, I want to say, real big with fire and stuff. He's like scary, actually. Mm -hmm. But when they get back with the broom and then the dog goes over and opens the the curtain and I I don't know how I forgot this scene. I've seen it so many times, but don't pay attention to the guy there. (laughs) Yeah. You see this big hologram. Don't pay attention to that guy down there. It was like I actually bursted out laughing and that was so classic. That line. It was so funny to me. It's just so offended. Like it's great. And there's so many little comical points spewed in and out of this. Yeah, it's just, and it's it was really just perfect fun. delivery. It was just perfect delivery. Yes, it's just so fun. Yeah. And that's what I really enjoy. Now, they do burst out in song, which isn't my favorite, but I liked it <laughs> in this. I did. So let's make our final remarks before we get to the ratings. And Jay, go ahead. Is there anything you want to describe? Yeah, absolutely. I think... What shocked me the most this time, really watching it with a, a critic's eye, is that um, Judy Garland's performance as Dorothy was far more nuanced and emotional than I've ever even knew, mm-hmm. honestly. Because I agree, there there is so much emotion in her face and in her eyes. It's really like there was a young girl uh, put into this this little musical it's a filmed musical is really what it is i mean it's it's like a stage musical and they filmed it to me and and what's cool is all the other actors and characters seem to be having fun and they know that they're filming a musical but for whatever reason uh, judy garland is so authentic that it was powerful to me to yeah watch and she point. maintains that serious tone too while being jovial mm-hmm yeah, and even like especially when she gets super sad and devastated. I mean, she really seems devastated. Oh and yeah, so there's crying in this movie. No doubt about yeah. it. You see the tears well, and, in 4K on this. I don't know if you've noticed it before on other versions, but clearly seen here. Are you what were you going to say? Sorry, I did. I, no, no, no. I was just going to say that, and when you added that into that the fact that she was 17 when this was shot. 16. She was 16. 16 yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. And then the only other thing I'll just throw out there is uh, I, this time I was very impressed. If you watch The Cowardly Lion's Tale, they do some impressive things with his tail. Yeah. And I didn't always know. I, I couldn't always figure out exactly how they were doing that. So it's cool. All right. Well, stick with you, Jay. Rate and recommendation. Okay. Well, um, there, there may be a little bit of cinematic nostalgia disorder going on here to quote Gilman Joel but um I have to say this is a 10 out of 10 it is a must see film and I think everybody should own it and especially if you have children I think all children should be shown this and now I'm glad that finally Lady Phantom has been able to see it too me too I don't think you need to be a children I really enjoyed this movie I think I might have enjoyed it more now than with a kid just like you Jay appreciating the art Mm -hmm. and the sets and the acting I think the acting is superb in this movie I am going to give this a 9 out of 10 this is a definite own for anybody who likes movies you got to have this in collection and my only deduction 
is on the munchkins i thought their singing was really annoying and really bad and i know they're supposed to have that pip squeaky type voice but that scene lasted too long to me <laughs> i think it should have been cut somewhat and maybe you know had a little bit more bass in there but i just could not get past that music there so nine out of ten carl you're next yeah so um you know it is for i i keep going back to when it was um made and i was saying to jay my mother was one when this movie wow. came out and uh and when i look at what they did the colors the the sets the the munchkin land sets must have taken forever mm-hmm. um so yeah i i would i would be with jay it's a 10 just because of what they did when they did it and and the story's brilliant it's based on a book um and then there's there's volumes written on all the meanings behind the symbolism in it and what they were trying to say about America at the time and the world, but it's amazing. And and on 4k, it was like seeing it for the first time again. Oh my God. I so agree. Let's hold that. But does it have some sentimental value to you, Carl? Like, did you thoroughly enjoy it on this watch? Like I did. I enjoy it for its its originality and i mean it's not a movie i watch i i haven't seen it probably in truthfully in decades um but you wouldn't have put this in to... if you didn't have to review it it wouldn't be one you just pop out with the wife right, or right. something yeah because it, it i mean it to me it is a, a aimed at kids you know a little more and i'm not a musical fan either usually okay so none of the music didn't bother you you were all cool with it uh well, yeah, I'd say I'm with you. Like the Munchkins was my least favorite. All right. Lady Phantom, here's <laughs> the time. Well, contrary to what you might think, I actually appreciate the themes. I don't know about the, I don't know, symbolism on, on America at the time. And I'm not going to even start thinking about it. But <laughs> I do appreciate the following. Of course, from the start, I mean, I, I have seen these people my whole life too, like in stills and videos and whatever, you know. So for from the beginning, I saw the, the scarecrow, the lion and the tin man in her real life, as well as the witch. But I mean, she looks exactly the same as so whatever. But it was very funny that I think she imagines these three people that are looking for a brain, for a heart and for courage and it's what she thought she was missing because at the beginning they tell her like you need more brains you know she thinks she needs more courage and she feels heartless because of what she thinks she did to her aunt you know so these three people are just reflections of her inner self and i do appreciate that a lot as an adult i don't know if that was the best way to to portray that in a book or in a movie, but I understand that this is aimed at children, and children are not supposed to see that uh, deep. I mean, they get the point, but not like an adult, and that's perfectly fine. I already said, I don't, I, I just can't stand the, the good witch. She was annoying. <laughs> the munchkins were incredibly annoying, and I didn't like the music in general. Wow. Like, Judy Garland, I mean, she was a star, and whew, her voice was incredible but at points 
she wasn't singing like herself. She was singing like a child. And I didn't like that per se. Would I want to watch this movie again? Maybe just to see the bits of the Tin Man and the Scarecrow and that's it. Oh, and the wizard who, of course, it's also this other guy that she met before in her land. Mm-hmm. To me, this movie is an 8 out of 10. And I did like it, but, I mean, I'm not even going to say buy or rent because pff, whoever, they are going to do whatever they want with this movie. Personally, I wouldn't pop it again. Wow. Does that <laughs> hurt you, Jay? <laughs> it does hurt me. The it that hurts it, me too. The thing that I didn't grow oh. up with this, you know, like watching it constantly, it holds, it holds no nostalgic value whatsoever in my heart. wholesome movie? You didn't have fun with this? I did have fun with this. Uh, I think there nowadays there are a million things that would be more wholesome to show a child than this. You didn't think this. it had a good message? It did, but at the same time, I don't I mean the the only thing that a kid is going to take out of this movie is there's no place like home. That's it. They are not going to get any other messages. I disagree. What age kid are you talking about little kids well what's a little kid i don't know before 10 (laughs) i don't know about that all right so there's our four reviews we got to move on to the good stuff now all right this is a monumental release 80th anniversary edition video quality let's start with carl what do you think buddy oh i was you know, I was telling Jay, one of the when I buy a new disc, one of the first things I do is I quickly throw it in just to make sure it, it works properly. Right. So if I know I'm going to have an issue. And uh, when I did it this time before he and I watched it, this I, I threw it in a couple of weeks ago. I remember thinking I was disappointed uh, as I just clicked through the chapters to, I, I remember, I don't know if my TV had had a weird setting or or something. It just, I remember thinking, oh, I was expecting better. And yet this time I was truly blown away with even the sepia scenes mm-hmm. for the first 20 minutes were clear. But when she opens that door to Oz, I was like, wow, I can't believe this is an 81 year old movie. Jay instantly noticed, I'll let him tell it, but instantly something about uh, Judy Garland that he hadn't known or thought of or known before and, Her and hair? I, I i was the same no it was something i'll let him tell tell it but uh yeah i mean everything was was you truly saw i think as best as you'll ever see it is is this version so true and i was the same way the sepia tone i couldn't believe it when i first started this i'm like wow i've never seen this movie look like this and then the colors i was blown away like most of the time i can remember watching this in black and white yes i have seen it in color a few times bits and pieces especially on like reruns and shows and other things where they'll pop certain clips but i was in awe now this does have film grain in scenes nothing overpowering but some of the color scenes like when the horse kept changing colors i was like oh yeah wow man and then even the fire why it's not current hdr i want to say carl you know how the fire usually really pops in the later releases it looked impressive all those shooting of the fire scenes like i was blown away 
But it did also highlight how fake Emerald City's mansion was. It was right. like, ooh, right. that really looks fake. But yep. I was totally impressed with this disc. All right, Phantom? I was also impressed. And, and it's funny that, I mean, that they decided to go for sepia tones because it would look, I mean, black and white would also look good. But this is, of course, warmer. Like it gives you a warmer feeling, which it's supposed to do. Very colorful, very beautiful. You can tell everything. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. You can tell when something is plastic, when something is fake, when there's a mat. Like, but see, everything. I don't think that which matters in this fine. film. Okay. Which is fine. I get what you're saying about Emerald City. Like, you know, the, when they see the, the wizard's castle, it has this light. It had a like a fakey feeling to it, but I thought it really fit the movie. Like it, it looks good. It looks good. And I did, I, funnily enough, and now that I mentioned this, I liked Emerald City more than the, all the other colorful places. Maybe it was because all of those very rich shades of green, I really liked that part for some reason. And this was also so rich. Like yes. and full of color, their faces and everything, unlike you ever seen this movie before. Yes. It's unbelievable. And I think it, it was the 4K that helped me see the pattern on the scarecrow's face. Oh, that, yeah. That if that you was, pause this. That, that was so good. Now that you've seen it, and all of us have seen it, if you went and paused a lot of scenes, like you can notice so much detail all over the place in these scenes because it's just incredible. So, all right, Jay, what did you notice about Judy Garland? Wow. Yes, I had no idea that she had freckles. This girl, she she has a lot of freckles on her face. And do you know, I never knew she had red hair. So she, I I always thought her hair was like brown or something. Her hair was dyed, Jay. Like she had roots. But what I'm saying is, in this film, it's red, and oh, I never knew okay. that. I never saw or perceived that, and she has freckles all over her face, and I couldn't believe that that I could actually see that amount of detail, and that, that it was it was such a revelation to me. And I know that sounds like a dumb word, but it's like I never even knew that existed there, and it was in front of me all along, and I just there couldn't. You go, mm-hmm. see, we've been telling you 4K, buddy, you can see it all, and that's where you I said did. some of these actresses most notably like get airbrushed on current films because they don't want to show all their blemishes and it's funny i said this in lucy you see all of scarlet joe's little brown moles and pock marks on her face i insist some of them are blood now some of them aren't though (laughs) phantom i remember we described this but (laughs) as a presentation jay you are blown away with this disc i was and and the other thing that i perceived was glinda's age i never realized that she was i mean she appears in this on 4k she appears to be in her 60s i didn't look it up but i used to think she was much younger but you could see the age around her eyes Really? Yes, you could. You could I see fifties. Some were fifties, but I don't. I don't know. I really don't know. All right. But the, all the makeup looked incredible. Oh, all yes. the makeup yes. all around. All the creatures and everything. Yes, they look great. All yeah. right, audio. We got to move on, Phantom. Go Fine. On. Uh, I mean, <laughs> at some point it was really good, 
mostly it was just fine oh this is you've never heard this movie like this she's downplaying this no no I no mean, this I is just, such an old movie well the things that i've never heard this so okay but just imagine this this is so mono tinny sound in this movie actually this disc carl now i don't know if you know this but i had to get the music from the soundtrack the disc sounds better than the actual soundtrack that you can buy. <laughs> There's wow. so much static and like crackling noise, but this was so crystal clear. There's not much surrounds or nothing. This isn't mm-hmm. Atmos. Right. This is a 5.1 DTS track, but you get some thumping bass in this. The singing's all clear. I hated the munchkins. That was annoying. <laughs> but I mean, it is loud and vibrant for this. Now, this ain't no reference material disc. But in comparison right. to what this was, Carl, this was pretty mind-blowing to me. How about you? Yeah, I had no... I, I mean, I don't have the system I used to have, so I was just listening on a 3.3, not even a 3.1, just a 3. But um, I, had, I, I noticed the audio was clean. I didn't hear any distortion or static or you know the old that you might hear in a movie that old right yes it had none of that little staticky or nothing i was actually blown away when this first started just with the dialogue so you have a three what do you have a front right and center yeah i have two i have, I have two tower speakers left and right and then just a center for now okay when you getting them surrounds buddy Oh, uh, and well, I, I need to move first. So, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay, what'd you think? Sound good to you? Yeah, and I'll tell you, I was expecting, as you said, that to be a little bit, you know, tenny, and and I don't have the uh, vocabulary to say what you said, Bill Shetty, but I did expect it to be kind of old-fashioned mm-hmm. and harsh sounding. But but honestly, um, I thought the sound was very rich. Yes, Lady Phantom. I already said it was fine. Just fine? Yeah. All right. <laughs> what special features are on that disc? Okay, we have 4K special features. Commentary featuring Oz historian John Frick with Barbara Freed Saltzman, who's the daughter of Arthur Freed, and the film's cast and crew, also on Blu-ray. The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, the making of a movie classic. And on the Blu-ray disc, we have illustrated video storybook read by Angela Lansbury, supporting cast profile gallery, sing-along feature, and more. All right. This is the time, the grade. I'll start first. This is B+. I'm blown away. It couldn't make an A. This isn't reference material, but from where this came from, this is the most impressive disc I think we have. I'm not saying in clarity it's the reference material. It's one you're going to show to friends. But what they did by the conversion and the HDR color richness in this, the wide color gamut, it is worth it. And the sound, you've never heard this movie like this. So I'm going B plus, definitely worthy. Carl, what do you got? A minus. Totally worth it to you, right? Yeah. All right, Lady Phantom. I think it's a B and worthy. Impressed? As impressed as I can be. (laughs) (laughs) you're not great i have nothing to compare it to because i had never watched it compared to our other discs i can't because they are movies made at different times so i would have to watch something like ben-hur or something to be able to compare something around the clarity color gamut sound come on why are you acting so dismissive no i'm i'm giving it a b (laughs) 
I think it's worthy of the upgrade. But you sound so like, oh, it's a B. <laughs> <laughs> it's a B, and it's worthy. All right. Jay, now Jay don't own 4K, but he's going to try his best. I am going to do my best not to be an idiot. Um, yeah, so, and this is <laughs> this was my first and only uh, 4K experience. But judging from, you know, Carl's demo at the beginning that he gave me on the two other films, and then this the side by side when Carl went back and forth on Blu-ray and then the 4K, wow, it, it is significantly different. So I'm going B plus, and I think due to the age of this film, 1939, 81 years old now, I, I just think that this is a must own in 4K. Absolutely, Jay. I am so proud that you went over to Carl's and that was so nice of him to do the demo because that is when you can really see it side by side or one after another. You know, just walking into somebody's house, it's kind of tough, you know, because it depends on settings, what TV they got and stuff too. So it matters. So appreciate that, Carl, for doing that for sure. All right, Jay of the Dead, where can everybody find you, buddy? Thank you. I. I hope that uh, people can come and visit me at Considering the Cinema. Review all kind of stuff over there, half horror, half non-horror. Recently did The Village and why it's a masterpiece over there (laughs) for three hours. But sometimes I do like just, you know, new reviews that are in theaters. So if you just want a general movie podcast that's fun, then check out ConsideringTheCinema.com. And the other show I'm really proud of is I'm on Horror Movie Weekly with Bill Shetty and Lady Phantom here. We review one newer horror movie every single Sunday, and we have a blast fighting about horror movies. Yes, and I'll announce it here. I don't know what episode's going to come out first, Jay, but we went on Considering the Cinema and did our top 20 non-horror movies ever. (laughs) (laughs) which I cannot wait to hear that episode. It's the longest episode I've been on in probably 10 years, Jay. And it was really (laughs) fun and it was interesting. And I was actually shocked by a lot of your picks that I liked them. (laughs) Uh, Right. (laughs) So that is awesome. Nobody does marathon episodes like Jay. Oh man. I know. I don't know how he does them, but I think he does bits and spurts and takes him a year sometimes to get an episode out on Jay. (laughs) right nowadays that's how i do it yes all right thank you so much jay moving on carl where can people find you buddy Uh, i'm on twitter uh k-hud at slick git um which is uh s-l-i-c-k-g-i-t and uh yeah that's where i am are you going to get back on another podcast someday carl uh yeah maybe right now i'm enjoying the break but uh i wouldn't mind yeah that's awesome i know a lot of people miss you man you were excellent. <laughs> well, thank on, you. you were the star on Movie Podcast Weekly. <laughs> Sorry, Jay. <laughs> no, <laughs> no it's true. you're a star too, buddy. I love him on there. And Carl, you can always come over to Considering the Cinema anytime you ever want to talk about a movie. All right. Yeah, awesome. let me know what you're reviewing. Awesome. Thanks to Jay and Carl. Get us out of here, Lady Phantom. Where can everybody find us at? Well, you can find us pretty much everywhere podcasts are found. And whenever you can give a review, possibly a great review, (laughs) that would be appreciated. Jay already said it, Horror Movie Weekly. And please go to BillShetty.com and leave a comment on that guest book. We always reply and we always appreciate your comments. And I'm also on Twitter 
At Lady Phantom 74. Yes, and we're on Letterboxd. Follow us there. Links are at the bottom of the site. And as you know, we're doing bonus episodes. More are coming on that too, so you have a lot of movies in 4K. So we will catch you very soon. We are out. That you dare to dream really do come true. Someday I'll wish upon a star and wake up where the clouds are far behind me. Where troubles melt like lemon drops away above the chimney tops. That's where you. 